When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Recorded live.
Good morning. This is your early morning gospel program. Morning inspirations here on Talk to You and Jam Radio. Our morning scriptures coming from the book of Ezekiel, 31st chapter, verses 1 through 5. Came to pass in the eleventh year, in the third month, and the first day of the month, that the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, speak unto, unto Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and to his, to his multitude, so are like in thy greatness, O the Syrian, was a cedar, Lebanon, fair branches, shadowing, shroud of an statue. Top was among the thick thorns. Waters made him great. Him up on high with her water, with her rivers running around about his plants. Sent out her little rivers unto all the trees of the field. Therefore, his height was exalted above all the trees of the field. Draws, multiplied. Branches became long because of the multitude of waters which he got for. I read to you the 31st chapter of Ezekiel, verses 1 through 5. Word of God for the people of God. Good morning and welcome.
on Jam Radio 2.1. And good morning once again. Thank you for listening to morning Jam Radio 2.1. Now time for our morning prayer. Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning saying thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This morning starts to run away. Thank you to have to do it, but you did. Thank you. Let's do it for what you are doing right now. Let's do it for who you are But 
Back at the top of the hour. Thanks for listening.
Come alive with the Sower 25, the gospel broadcast that's delightfully refreshing. Here's the Sower, Michael Guido. Think with me today on crowns for Christians. There are five crowns. Some will receive all, and some none at all. But there's a difference between salvation and crowns. Salvation is free. It's unmerited. Romans 6.23 says, The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Crowns are worked for. They're merited. Matthew 16.27 says, He shall reward every man according to his works. Salvation is a present possession. 1 John 5.12 says, He that hath the Son hath life. Crowns are a future attainment. First Peter 5, 4 says, When the chief shepherd shall appear, ye shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. Look at it like this. Suppose you're on board an ocean liner. A collision occurs and you're thrown into the water. You're about to perish. But a vessel comes along, and the captain offers to save you immediately and without cost. Thankful, you are resting securely in his care, going happily home. But you'll learn that there's work to be done. You're not forced to do it, but because the captain saved you, you offer to do it. As you near the shore, you're informed that because you worked, you will be rewarded. Gratefully, you receive the reward, and you're glad. All of us have been shipwrecked by sin. You are perishing. Here comes Jesus, the captain of our salvation. Cry, Lord, save me. He will. Now, thank him. And because you're saved, Offer to serve him. Then you will be rewarded. Where? At the reward seat. It's written in Romans 14.10, We shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. That's the reward seat, and it's for the Christian. It's the place where your life and labor are examined. There, some Christians will be rewarded. Others will not be rewarded. This is seen in 1 Corinthians 3, 11 to 16. Verse 11 says, For no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. Make sure that your life is founded on the Lord Jesus Christ and that you have received him as your Savior and that you have been born again. Now, be careful about the selection of materials, for it's written in verse 12 that you may use gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw. In Paul's day, there was a difference between the splendor of the public buildings and the squalor of the private buildings. 
The public buildings were built of costly stones and were decorated with gold and silver. The poor buildings were built of wood, hay, or straw. The apostle pointed out that the day will come when the fire will burn the buildings of wood, hay, and straw, but not the buildings of costly stones, silver, and gold. Christian, you're a builder. You're building upon the foundation, which is Jesus Christ. If your work is of God, for the glory of God, and done in the Spirit of God, it's likened unto gold, silver, and costly stones. But if your work is of the flesh, done for the glory of self, and done in the energy of the flesh, it's likened unto wood, hay, or straw. For verses 13 to 15 continue, His work will be shown for what it is, because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each man's work. If what he has built survives, he will receive his reward. If it is burned up, he will suffer loss. He himself will be saved, but only as one escaping through the flames. It's your works that will be burned up, not you. It's not a question of what you are, but of what you have done. The judgment isn't in respect to your salvation, only to your service. The time your work will be tested is described as the day. That's none other than the day of the judgment seat of Christ, before which we all must appear. And what of the fire? It's used as a revealing agent which will test your work. If your work survives, you'll receive your reward. If your work is burned up, you'll suffer loss. What shall be lost? Your salvation? Oh, no, a thousand times, no. It's not a question of gaining or losing salvation. This may be helpful. Suppose you've built a beautiful house, but one night, as you are asleep, your house catches on fire. You're awakened in time to leap out of the window. You're saved, but your house is burned up. Thus, you're saved, but only as one escaping through the flames. That's the way it will be for some Christians. Their souls will be saved, but their works will be burned up. They'll have nothing to show for their lives and labors. Tragic, isn't it? Let's build and live with this in view. For our Lord said in Revelation 22:12, Behold, I come quickly and my reward is with me to give every man according as his work shall be. The word reward is synonymous with the word crown, and there are five crowns for Christians. Let's look at them. The first, the incorruptible crown. 
1 Corinthians 9, 24 to 27, it's written, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes in strict training. They do it to get a crown of laurel that will not last. But we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like a man running aimlessly. I do not fight like a man shadow boxing. No, I beat my body and I make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. Mark the contestants. Every Christian is a contestant, but not all run alike. They make a good start, but some slow down because of the weariness and others stray because of worldliness. But every Christian may win if he wants to. Mark the conduct. The Bible says everyone who competes goes into strict training. Self-indulgence has never won a victory. The path to success is pain. Pleasure is best when it follows persistence. Leisure is best when it follows labor. Whatever is profitable is achieved at a price. The heights by great men reached and kept were not attained by sudden flight, but they while their companions slept, were toiling upward in the night. Mark the control. The apostle said, I beat my body and make it my slave. Those who put ease above effort, comfort above character, license above loyalty, and self-indulgence above self-control won't win this crown. Mark the crown. We do it to get a crown that will last forever, the incorruptible crown. This isn't an award of salvation, but a reward for service, and it's the master's well done. Have you mastered your body, or has it mastered you? Have you subjugated sin, or has it subjugated you? Have you overcome the world, or has it overcome you? Are you a victor or a victim? Will the Lord say to you on that day, I had a crown for you, an incorruptible crown. I was counting on you to win it, but you became careless. You didn't master your body. It mastered you. You allowed parts of your body to become tools of wickedness to be used for sinning. You didn't give yourself completely to me. I can't crown you. Step aside and let another Christian take your crown. Second, the crown of glory. It's written in 1 Peter 5:4, When the chief shepherd shall appear... Ye shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. The crown of glory will be given to the Christian who's humble, not haughty, 
who's interested in God, not glory, who's out for souls, not silver. He feeds the flock. He doesn't fleece them. He's not concerned about the applause of man, only the approval of God. He loves God's sheep, and he leads them in right paths. When they stray, he seeks them. When they're sick, he sustains them. He's pure, and he protects the flock. He's trustworthy, and he tends the flock. He prays for them in peril. He stands between them and sin. He defends them from danger. His is the ministry of feeder and fender. Oftentimes, he's despised and dispraised, ridiculed and rejected. He gives up everything for the Savior and the sheep, but he won't give them up for anything. Men would crown him with thorns, but God will crown him with glory, for he knows his tears and toils, his love and labors. Sometimes the love of Christians for their spiritual leaders can fade away, but this crown of glory will never fade away. Will you receive the crown of glory? You can. Strive for it, won't you? Third, the crown of righteousness. It's written in Second Timothy 4, 7 and 8. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. To win this crown, you must be faithful to the faith. To be faithful to the faith involves your behavior as well as your doctrines. To win this crown, you must be faithful to the fight. Faith is a fight. We hear much about the rest of faith, but little about the fight of faith. But there's a fight of faith in prayer, in preaching and practicing. The world, the flesh, and the devil are fighting you. It's written in Ephesians 6:12. we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. To win this crown, you must be faithful to the finish. Many are great beginners, but poor finishers. They grow weary in body, mind, and spirit. Why? They don't keep their weight down. Hebrews 12.1 says, let us lay aside every weight. Whatever isn't a wing is a weight. If something doesn't speed you, it slows you. If it's not a help, it's a hindrance. They don't keep their limbs free. Hebrews 12.1 continues, Let us lay aside the sin which doth so easily beset us. That's the wickedness that wraps itself around the runner. It's the sin 
that easily and frequently tempts you and trips you. It's the sin to which you cling. Destroy it, or it will destroy you. Will the Lord Jesus say to you on that day, I had a crown of righteousness for you? But when the struggle with sin got to the point of agony, you gave up. You became engaged with willfulness and entangled in worldliness. You didn't love or look for my appearing. Step aside. I can't give you the crown of righteousness or the crown of life. It's written in James 1.12, Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. The word temptation has two meanings. One, to solicit to do evil. Second, to put to a test. Satan tempts to bring out the bad. God tests to bring out the good. So temptation is a blessing as well as a battle, an opportunity as well as an obstacle. It strengthens the soul as well as it solicits the soul to sin. Mark the occasion. You'll be tempted. Everyone has been and everyone will be tempted. The Lord Jesus was tempted. He had the same temptations we have, though he never once gave way to them in sin. So expect to be tempted. It's like the dust. It falls on everyone. But don't expect to transgress. Mark the originator. And who is he? God. Oh, no. It's written in James 1.13. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. Who's the tempter? The devil. He tempted Adam and Eve in the garden, Job in his grief, and Jesus in the wilderness. And he'll tempt you. Temptation isn't a sin. Tumbling is. There's an old but true saying. You can't stop the birds from flying over your head, but you can stop them from building a nest in your hair. The Lord wants you to soar, not sink, to be a victor, not a victim. Here's the secret. It's found in James 4, 7 and 8. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Resisting the devil without submission to God is of no avail. First, there must be the submission to God. Then, there must be the resistance of the devil. Do this, and you'll triumph. Oh, be like Sergeant Kearney. When the enemy made a fearful assault on Fort Hudson, he was the first soldier to reach the summit, but he was painfully wounded by a shot which shattered his knee and thigh. Yet he took hold of the flag and held it high until the enemy was beaten. Then on one hand and one foot, 
he crawled off the battlefield, still holding high his colors. His buddies cheered him. He answered, boys, the flag never touched ground. Be a good soldier of Jesus Christ, regardless of the pain or the peril. Don't let his colors touch the ground. Then you win the crown of life. Five, the crown of rejoicing. It's written in 1 Thessalonians 2.19, For what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing? Are not even ye in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ at his coming? This is the soul winner's crown. And you should win this crown. While you can choose to become a Christian, you can't choose to be a soul winner. The Lord has made that choice for you. You simply obey or you disobey. The Christian is a saved person under orders. The orders didn't originate with the church, but with our commander-in-chief. He said in Matthew 28:19. Go and make disciples of all nations. He promised in Matthew 4:19, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. If you do the following, he'll do the making. What a thrill it will be to see someone in heaven that you have led to the Lord. What a tragedy it will be to have one, no one. Follow Jesus, saturated in the scriptures, permeated with prayer, led by love, so that he will make you a soul winner. Determine that he'll not have to say to you, it was my desire to give you a crown of rejoicing, but I can't. You've won no soul. Step aside. I must give your crown to another Christian. You and I can win these five crowns, and our Lord counsels us in Revelations 3:11. Behold, I come quickly. Hold that fast which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. The Lord will carry on his work. He wants you to help him. Do it or he'll get another person to do it, and you will lose your crown. The late Queen Victoria listened with rapt attention to the singing of the Hallelujah Chorus in Albert Hall in London. Suddenly she stood to her feet. When asked why, she replied, My Lord is coming one day. I would love for him to come now so I could as the Queen of Britain, take my crown and lay it at his feet. By God's grace and with his help, I want to win the five crowns so that I may lay them at the feet of my Lord who wore a crown of thorns for me. Don't you? Listen again to The Sower for another faith-building experience.
for your free copy of Dr. Guido's daily devotional, Seeds from the Sower, write the Sower. Metter, Georgia, 30439. The Sower 25 is produced by the Guido Evangelistic Association, Metter, Georgia. are listening to Morning Inspirations on Jam Radio 
Listen's Morning Inspirations on Sunday mornings at 6am Eastern Time, right here.
Mind Block Radio. Turn it up.
go to liveunited.org now. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. Charlie. Hey, did you see that play last night? Unbelievable. Yeah, and they still lost. Sure. You know, when I was playing, what? what? To... <laughs> you, you played in the street. I played in the service. <laughs> oh, anyway, oh. what I'm trying to say is the kid, he should have... He should... He should... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he should be... Hey, you okay? Someone call 911. Two out of three people with diabetes die of a heart attack or stroke. But you can lower the risk. Ask your health care provider how. For more info, go to diabetesactnow.org. Brought to you by the American Diabetes Association and the Ad Council. You are listening to Morning Inspirations on Jam Radio 2.1. Now rejoice, all the nations of the earth now. 
behalf of the Christian Law Association, that's attorney David Gibbs Jr., and this is the Legal Alert. A church had a radio ministry and would make the broadcasts available online. When updating their website, they considered adding a tab that would allow people to make an optional donation for the broadcast, but they were not sure what was legally necessary. 
A Christian Law Association attorney explained that the church is not legally required to give a receipt for donations, but most do as a courtesy to the contributors. The church is required to keep a record of all contributions, including online donations. The attorney suggested that an electronic receipt be given to the donor at the time of any online donation. Maybe you're facing a legal issue similar to today's report on the legal alert, and maybe you wish you had a legal team to assist you. You do. The Christian Law Association is standing by with free legal support. Visit ChristianLaw.org to link up with us. That's ChristianLaw.org. Or call us toll-free at 888-252-1969. Have you ever wondered why you do the good things you do? Hi, this is Jonathan Falwell. And you know, serving God is a wonderful thing, and it should be an outpouring of our love for Him and for His children. But it's awfully easy sometimes to get absorbed in our own emotional needs and forget our true purpose in getting involved in helping, in volunteering. When you serve God and are doing great things for God, I hope and pray that you aren't doing them because you want to be somebody or that you want to fit in, but rather you are doing them because you want to be closer to God that you are closer to the power of God in your life, and it's a natural outflow of that closeness that makes you want to serve him. You see, God is not so much interested in our service as he is interested in our hearts. We've got to refocus the heart. We have to make sure that our heart is in the right place when it comes to serving God. He's saying to regulate your life. Figure out what that means for you so that you can walk in the Spirit. You need to understand what it means to walk in the power of God so that you can have all that God intends for you. The things that we do for God and our outward activities will never allow us to fulfill our mission unless our heart is truly fixed on Him. As Christians, we are called to be many things, but the most important thing is to be called a child of God. One-on-one with Pastor Jonathan. To receive his daily audio devotional free by email each day, visit Falwell.com. This is Ann Graham Lotz with Daily Light for Daily Living. All around us are broken homes, broken hearts, broken hopes. But God never intended us to be broken. He didn't just create us, plop us down on planet Earth and say, Happy birthday, now you can guess your way through life. God as our creator has specific directions for our lives. Psalm 119.2 says, Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with a whole heart. If we live according to his directions, our lives work. We're blessed, and we experience life the way it was meant to be lived. If we ignore or reject his directions, we do so to our own detriment and experience much less than he intended. His directions form a pattern that prevents breakage of our lives to help mend the brokenness already present. Listen to me. Trust in his word, then follow his directions. Your life will work. This is Ann Graham Lodge.
Would you join with me, please, in prayer? Pray with me. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. Jesus, thank you that you loved me enough that you became a man and died on a cross, paid the price for all the wrong things that I have done. I'm sorry for my sin. It's my sin that puts you on that cross. And I'm sorry. I don't want to live in rebellion to you anymore. I ask you to forgive me. And tonight I open my heart and I invite you into my life to be my Savior and my Lord. I believe, Jesus, you are the Son of God. I believe you died for me to pay the price for all the wrong things that I've committed against God and against man. I believe that on the third day, by the power of God, you were raised from the dead as living proof that my trust in you tonight is not in vain. I believe that as Christ was raised from the dead, so tonight, Almighty God, 
You are raising me from the dead. From the death of sin. You are giving me a new life. The life of Jesus Christ. Oh God, on my testimony and the belief in my heart and according to your word, at this moment, I believe I am saved. I am saved. I am saved. Hallelujah. Saved. 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 Oh, let me ask you, friends, in closing tonight, have you done this? Have you obeyed the gospel? Have you obeyed the gospel? Have you come to that obedience of faith? Have you come to that place of true repentance and true faith? Have you turned around? Have you forsaken your sin? Have you turned around? Have you forsaken your sin? And are you trusting alone tonight in Jesus Christ for your salvation? For there is no other way, there is no other message. For there is no other way, there is no other message. Oh, come to him. Come to the Saviour tonight. Come to him just as you are. Come to him in your sin. Come to him in all your needs. And cast yourself upon his mercy and upon his infinite grace. And cast yourself upon his mercy and upon his infinite grace. And cast yourself totally to him. And you too will enter into that joy of sins forgiven. Peace with God and eternal, abundant life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. For how will you escape if you neglect so great salvation? For how will you escape if you neglect How can I say thanks for the things you have done for me? Things so undeserved Gave your very life for me The voices of a million angels Could not We 
Thank you for listening to an end. We'll see you all on Friday. So then have a good week Wednesday. God bless you and thanks for listening. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.